praise God. Lord, we just bless your holy name. We come into your presence, God, boldly before your throne of grace. We say, Lord, speak to us in these few short minutes that we have. God, open up our ears that we would hear you. Open up our hearts that we would commune with you. God, I pray that your word would go forth right now and it would not return void. God, but it would set out and do what it has accomplished to do. God, let it go forth. Open hearts right now. I command ears open. I command eyes open in the spirit realm. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I take authority over this atmosphere and I command it to be an atmosphere where God can speak into hearts and into lives. Thank you, Father, for every word that comes from your throne is a holy word and we reverence it in Jesus' name. Amen. I have to just recap this morning. We'll just turn the keys down a little behind me there. I have to just recap this morning. So if you weren't here this morning, um, get the, the CD or the, yes, CD it is now, not DVD yet. It will be soon. And you can catch up on that, but I need to quickly recap. Give me five minutes to recap and then we're going to go on because I didn't get to finish this morning and I want to just bring the rest of the message through. I think it's important. Amen. So I started this morning with a scripture from the Message Bible, Matthew eleven twenty-seven 27 to 29. It says this, Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Who needs a real rest? Yes, I need Port Douglas, Great Barrier Reef. Okay, in a resort. Thank you. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So this message is entitled The Unforced Rhythms of Grace. That was from the Message Bible. I talked about this morning how all of matter, all of matter and creation if we break it right down, that it comes down to sound. There's a sound that happens right now in creation, in that chair. If that chair was broken down, scientifically broken down, right now you would hear a sound coming from that chair, a vibration, a sound. There is a sound that is resounding in the heavens right now. There's a sound right now of heaven. There's a sound of earth. And then then the sound of earth is so loud that we need to get still and quiet before God, find the place in God where we can hear the sound of heaven and tune ourselves in to the vibrations of the Spirit of God. Amen. I said like this tuning fork this morning. We need to hear that. We need to hear the vibration of heaven. We need to tune ourselves in and pick up vibrations of what God is saying and what God is doing. If God declares a miracle in heaven, And he sounds a tune of a miracle in heaven. We need to be so in tune with him as Jesus was that we pick up that vibration and we lay hands on the sick and we see that miracle come to pass. Amen. We are in a day now when playing church and mucking around, those days are over. We need to find God. We need to hear God. We need to commune with God. We need to get in tune with God so that we can bring forth the reality of Jesus Christ to this earth. We need to be so in tune with Jesus that we're walking where he walks, that we touch what he touches, that we speak what he speaks, that we do what he says, that we hear the Father's voice, turn right, turn left, walk there, talk there. We need to be so in tune. Amen. So I talked this morning about how Romans 8.22 says, all of creation is groaning. There's a sound of groaning as well. 
And if you, if you as intercessors, as prayer people, as people that understand the heartbeat of God, you would hear it right now. If you close your eyes and you say, God, let me hear, you would hear the groan. And all of creation is groaning to see the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God come to the fullness of all that Jesus has paid the price for and release it to the earth. Amen. Amen. We need to surrender to God, enter into his rest. We we need to come into the rest of God and find the rhythm of God and then walk in unforced grace. There's grace that is not forced. There is a place where we can walk where we don't have to try so hard. We don't have to be good enough. We come boldly before the throne of grace through the blood of Jesus. Amen. It's not according to us. The devil will try and bind you up, say you're not good enough. You can't make it. You can't do anything for God. But grace is this. Jesus has paid the full price. It's been paid in full. And when you come before his throne, you can carry what he paid the price for and you don't have to pay a price. It has been paid in full. Amen. And so there's a rhythm of this grace. There's a rhythm of walking with God. There's a sound that we can pick up. There's a place of peace and rest where we can just come. You know, if you, if you try too hard, you can miss the sound of God. You can miss the voice of God. The more that you can get at ease, the more that you can find peace and rest, that's where God is, amen, in that place of rest. Amen. Still recapping from this morning. We need to get God's voice louder than every other voice. I was saying this morning how I'm concerned about this generation, particularly the younger ones, where they've always got something in their ears. They've always got something in their face. There's no place where they rest. There's no place where they even have a chance to just even work through their own emotions. There's no time where they just stop. How long is it since you've seen a young person sit in the sun and meditate and just feel the warmth of the sun on their face? Even at the beach, they've got earphones in. You know, they've got mobile phones. They're they're texting. They're doing it all. They're doing it with their toes. every, Every minute of their day is consumed with someone speaking at them, someone speaking to them. And I said, this is a ploy of the enemy because he wants to get the next generation and the next generation so busy that they can't hear God. But I'm telling you this, as adults, as parents, as mentors, as pastors, we need to turn it, turn off that noise. Shut down that noise. Go climb a tree. Sit in that tree and find God. Get back and lay on that grass. Get back to nature and find the reality of life and stop living in fantasy. Amen. So I, I talked about, so how do we find this? place in God. Pastor Julie, I want to get more in tune with God. I want to hear the voice of God. I want to tune in like that tuning fork. I want to walk where God walks. I want to talk like he talks. I want to lay hands on the sick. How do I find that place? I said, number one, praying in the spirit is a great place to start. Amen. I'm just recapping from this morning. Praying in the spirit. You don't have to pray with your mind. You just pray with your spirit. And you can pray with the spirit anytime. Amen. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you can pray in the Spirit anytime. If you're not, you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you can pray, and you can pray, and you can pray continuously, unceasingly praying all the time. And then you're tuning yourself in. It's like you bring yourself, your heartbeat comes into the heartbeat of God. 
as you pray in the Spirit because the Holy Spirit will always reveal Jesus and Jesus will always reveal the Father. And so you're in tune with the Holy Trinity as you pray in the Spirit and get into that place. Amen? Set aside time every day. The second thing, how do we get in tune? We said this morning, the Word of God is our rock. You need to read the Word. You need to memorize the Word. You need to stand on the Word. You need to fight with the Word. You need to preach the Word. You need to speak the Word. You need to pray the Word. You need to eat the Word. Amen? It needs to be part of your everyday life. If you don't have the Word, you have no foundation to stand on. The enemy will just wipe you out if you're just running around on emotions and feelings. It has to be the Word of God. God said, God said, I said I've just gone through five months of of real illness and all the time I'm going through that illness, you know, I'm praying in the Spirit was all I could do because I couldn't even think straight. I'd sit up in this chair praying in the Spirit and I started to just write scriptures, write scriptures every day, six hours a day, I would write scriptures. And when the enemy would come to me saying, he's going to destroy me, he's going to kill me, he's going to wipe me out, I'd say, no, God said, and I'd always find a scripture to get back and I'd write it down and I'd speak it out, amen. God said, God's word says, when Jesus was in the wilderness, he fought with the word. Thus saith the Lord, it is written, it is written, amen. It's the sword that you fight with, amen. I said, number three, let the trials work good in you. You know, sometimes when we're going through trials and hard times, we run away from God. We get angry at God. We blame God. We get sick. We think God's out paying out on us. Where is God anyway? He's supposed to be the healer. But I'm telling you this. If you let the work good in you, press you closer to God, this fight or flight response, and you've got to stand and you've got to fight. You're going to say, whatever it is, God, you want to work in me, let it come. Let it happen. Let it come. Amen. I said two weeks ago, I was sitting in the presence of the Lord. I've been sick five months, day in and day out. Not a moment of rest, not a moment where I felt well in five months. And yet it tends to just wear on you. And I'm sitting there in the presence of God. And, and I said to the Lord last Sunday, Lord, how long? I, I mean, I'll serve you. I'll wash your feet with my tears. I'll, whatever it takes to get this message out. Whatever it takes, Lord. And he said, be patient, daughter. Because this suffering will work glory in you. Two weeks and you'll be completely healed. That's next Sunday. Amen? So next Sunday when I come to church, expect a big smile on my face. I've got a half a smile now. It's already begun. I feel it rising up. I feel the healing already manifesting itself. Amen? And by next Sunday, I'm going to be smiling. Why? Because God said, and the trials are working good in me. Amen? I said, if you can live it, you can give it. And so I lived it. And look out. Look out, I'm going to give it. Amen. When you get to a place when all you have left is Jesus, that's the birthing place of the miraculous. We talked about that this morning. When there's nothing else left but Jesus. Number four, practice unforced grace. Don't try to make him love you. Don't work at getting him to love you. You know, there was a time where I used to do that because I'd come from the world of entertainment and everything was performance. It depended on how you performed, whether you would get the applause or you didn't get the applause. And when I came to Jesus, I was still doing that. I was performing for him. I was trying so hard to please him. And then one day I had this vision and I saw this huge green mountain and I saw this beautiful girl going up the mountain with her back to me, 
singing and picking daisies. And I thought, oh, if I was just as beautiful as her, then he would love me. And if I, if I had a beautiful white dress like that and I looked really feminine, then he would love me. If I could sing like her, then he would love me. Oh, God, you know, if I could just... And then she turned around and it was me. And, I, and I, I just, all I could say was, I've been ripped off, totally ripped off. You know, I'm pretty gorgeous. I sing really, and I started to see myself as he saw me. And I walked to the top of the hill, and Jesus was standing at the top of the hill with his arms outstretched to me. And I went to give him the daisies that I'd picked, my works. I went again to give him my works. And he pushed the hand away that had the daisies, and he took my empty hand. We walked off into the sunset. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was just so beautiful. And I realized that day that I didn't have to try and please him anymore, that I could just be me, that he loved me, and that I didn't have to try unforced rhythms of grace. We can flow in the rhythms of grace. We can cease from striving. Intimacy brings revelation about who God is and about how, who you are. And when you walk in intimacy with God, you realize how gorgeous and big and wonderful and gracious and kind and gentle and faithful and beautiful that he is. And then you realize that you're all those things to him as well. And no one can say anything to you to change your mind because you know who you are in him. And the grace of God begins to manifest itself because you fall in love with him, you fall in love with yourself. Amen. What did he say was the, the, the most important commandments. Two most love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. He wants us to love ourselves, amen. Because he made us. Amen. Amen. So we're up to scratch now. And I've got 10 minutes and we're going to do it. Number five. How do I find this place in God? How do I find this vibration of God? How do I find the sound of God? How do I get into deeper intimacy with God? Number five, believe the report of the Lord. And as I said just then, you've got to hear God. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of the Lord. You know, all the time that I was sick, I was reading the scriptures and I was consuming them and I was waiting on God, but I said, God, just one word from you, and I'm out of this chair. I only need to hear one word from you. And when God spoke to me last Sunday, and he said, daughter, two weeks, I knew then. I had no doubt in my mind that I didn't have to fight and try and believe. God had said it. And when you're in the presence of God, he'll speak to you, and he'll say things that are, you can stand on. And people can, you know, when Phil and I pioneered this church and we said, we're going to buy 11 acres. We had 30 people at the time. We're going to buy 11 acres. We're going to build a big 1,100-seater auditorium. Phil got the plans drawn up and everybody's looking at us. What the heck are you guys going on about? We had prophecies of people coming and saying, thus saith the Lord. You know, you cannot buy 11 acres or the Lord will judge you. And we're going, yeah, but Phil stood in the middle of this property. And he said, God, if this is of you, you tell me. If it's not, tell me right now. And in the middle of this property, he stood and God said, it's me. And he said, that's it. And that has sustained us for 12 years to see this vision because believe the report of the Lord. If you never get with God, you're not going to hear it. 
And if you don't hear it, you can't have faith. Because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. And that Word can be the written Word, it can be a prophetic Word, or it can be God speaking directly to you because you don't need a priest. Amen. You can go straight to Him and He can speak to you and God speaks to man. Right now, God is speaking to man. God is trying to communicate with man more than He ever has before. Why? Because His heart is crying out for lost people. And right now, He knows that the days are getting shorter and that the days of darkness are increasing. And He knows that there is a church that He wants to reveal His glory through, that He wants to pour His light upon. He knows that His bride is about to arise. He knows that the glorious church is about to come out of the ground. He knows he's about to reveal the light in us and he's busting, but he's waiting for a people who will stop and listen and hear his voice and feel the vibration and catch the vibe and hear when to go and when not to go. A people who will pay the price, a people who will be broken and say, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. People say, it doesn't matter what the devil does to me. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go again. Because this is worth everything. This is worth my life. If Jesus gave his life, then it's worth mine. Amen. Number six, learn to listen. And I'm saying this to all the men in the house and the women. Learn to listen. Listen, hearing and responding to God is an ongoing process. You know, no one gets it right all the time. You know, we, it's something you work at. It's not like, you know, oh, well, Pastor Phil, he's so in tune with God. He's been fasting, you know, on Jews for 12 days. He must be just, whoa, just hearing God. But he has to go into the bush and walk and wait and listen and position himself and get in a place. Amen? He has, to, he has to say no to his desires to go to sleep, to sit and read a book, to watch the news. Say, God, I'll seek you first, you know. It, it's something we have to work at. But still we have his promise. Amen? We have this promise. It says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. If you're a sheep today, and it means if you belong to Jesus today, you will hear his voice. My sheep will hear my voice. Not they might hear my voice. They will hear my voice. And if you position yourself properly, you will hear the voice of God. It is his intention that all believers hear him. Hear his voice. Hear his, his, his word to you. 1 Samuel 3, 9 to 10 we see there's a story here of a little boy named Samuel. And Samuel has been given to the temple to be trained up as a priest. Amen. And he's only a little boy. And Eli is the priest that is training Samuel. And they're both asleep this night. And, and Eli, I mean Samuel, hears God call him. But he doesn't know it's God because he hasn't been used to hearing God. Do you know that God probably calls you a hundred times a day? But because you haven't trained your ear to hear him, you don't know it's him. Amen. You need to tune and hear your ear to hear him. The Bible says that he calls you by name. The Bible says that no one comes to Jesus lest the Father first calls him. He's calling you by name. How many times a day? He wants to be with you. 
He's calling you, his children. Amen. And it says there, therefore Eli said to Samuel, because Samuel came to Eli and said, someone speak to me, I'll go back to bed. Someone speak to me, go back to bed. And the third time, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And it shall be, if he calls you again, you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. How many times? And he called Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered and said, speak, Lord, for your servant hears you. You need to position yourself. Amen. Eli said something very beautiful to Samuel. He said, go lie down. Go position yourself to hear from God. Find a place, a place without distraction. Find a place. Tune yourself in with worship, with praying in the spirit, with reading the word, and then wait. Those that wait on the Lord. Wait, wait, be patient, and you will hear him. Position yourself. He's speaking to you. Amen. And then say to him, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Your servant is ready to hear you. Amen. And it doesn't have to be through someone else. You can go directly to God because you're a priest of the Most High God. We are kings. We are priests. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God that we might show forth his praises. Amen. His glory to this earth. Amen. As we develop personal histories in him, we develop deeper levels of trust. So as you spend time with God, you learn to trust him. You learn to trust the unction. You learn to trust the voice that you hear. You learn to step out in faith on that voice. You learn to walk in greater relationship. God is calling our generation to the next level beyond victory to triumph to a celebration of overcoming. We have been made more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors. Do you know what a conqueror is? A conqueror means it's to defeat and subdue by force. Do you think that I was going to sit in that chair for another five months saying, devil, come beat me up? Or do you think that I was going to find some weapons and some ammunition to get up and fight with? Amen. Do you think that I was going to sit? No, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And there's a day when you've got to get up and you've got to subdue by force, to gain or secure control by force of arms, to overcome or surmount by physical, mental or moral force. Amen. The time. More than conquerors. Number eight, you need to renew your mind. Do you know that our mind is the worst thing? You know, when I said this morning, you can pray in the spirit and just leave your mind out of it. Amen. That's a beautiful thing. Because sometimes our minds are just so in the way, aren't they? And if you pray in the Spirit, you can pray without your mind. But there's times we have to pray with your mind. There's times we have to think with your mind. And you have to live with your mind. So we need to renew our minds. Amen. And we need to renew our minds by the Word of God, by the washing of the Word. The enemy's strategy has always been to lift himself above God. That's what he wanted to do in the first place. That's what he is still doing now. And if you don't renew your mind, your devil will always be big and your God will always be small. 
Because if we renew our minds, we read the word, if we spend time in his presence, God gets bigger and the devil gets smaller. And suddenly the voice of the devil is, and God is, Amen. Jesus said this, all power has been given to me. If Jesus has all power, then someone has none. Is your God too small and your devil too big? Is your mind playing with fantasies and imaginations? Is the fear in your life so big? Is, is, the, is the anxiety and the anguish so big that your devil is going to come and get you and no one's going to protect you? No, all power has been given to Jesus. Therefore, the devil has none. Philippians 3.21. The Lord Jesus... Now, this is, this is something that I stood on for five months. Philippians 3.21. The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control. You know, the minute that you begin to renew your mind and realize that Jesus can bring everything under his control... In fact, he brought everything under his control when he hung on that cross, when he died, when he went to that grave, when he rose again on the third day, seated at the right hand of the Father. Everything came under his control. And at the name of his voice, at the, name, at the sound of his name, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. And then it says this, straight after that, this is how you should stand firm in the Lord, by knowing everything is under his control. Ephesians 6.10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Number nine, my last point, dig in. Don't give up, don't give in. Right. You know, there's, when, you, when you're going for new ground in God, when you're going for more of God, when you're going for deeper intimacy, when you're going to hear the vibration of heaven, the enemy's going to come at you and you've got to dig in. And Bill knows what it is to dig in in war, amen? Well, you dig a trench and you get in that trench and you're not moving, amen? He doesn't want you to tune in or flow with God. Listen to this. Here's a story for you. In the days of World War II, one of these turning points came. In mid-December 1944, German soldiers had caught Allied forces by surprise and penetrated their lines of defence deep into Belgium. This dent or bulge in the lines began the legendary four-week standoff that became the Battle of the Bulge. Sorry, girls, it wasn't us. It was a war. Many accounts of heroism and bravery on the part of the American troops emerged as the smoke cleared from the battle, one story stands out as a favourite of the character that it takes to stand for breakthrough. Late on the night of December 23rd, the last American troops were pulling out of the village of Providox, I think it is. The Germans were closing in on the burning vill village from three sides and soldiers, many separated from their units during the wild retreat, scrambled to catch a ride out of the village any way they could. One soldier found himself waved above aboard a tank destroyer as an entire US armoured division rolled through the town. They had just reached the highway through the Ardennes forest when the lieutenant aboard spotted a lone American private digging a foxhole. 
grimy from days on the battlefield and armed with only a bazooka and a rifle, the private went out about his business without a glance at the long line of retreating vehicles passing by. The lieutenant ordered his vehicle to pull up alongside the soldier. Barely pausing in his task, the private looked up and said, if you're looking for a safe place, just pull that vehicle behind me. I'm the, 87, I, I'm the 82nd Airborne and this is as far as those bleeps are going. <laughs> the soldier on the tank destroyer looked at one another. They were weary from the constant retreat of the pre previous week, but another glance at the paratrooper convinced them. The lieutenant gave the order, you heard the man. Let's set up for business. Soon two truckloads of GIs joined the roadblock. Throughout the night, soldiers trickled in and their defence grew in strength and number. Before long, one man's determination led to a major strong point in the battle. From that stance, the Allies were able to beat back the German offensive. That one man's refusal to retreat changed the course of the war and therefore history. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And there's times where you just got to dig in. There's times where you've got to say, God said. There's times where you've got to say, I'm going for another level. I can't stay here. Do you know, if you retreat from the enemy, it's the most dangerous thing you can do. You turn your back on your enemy, he'll shoot you in the back. Amen? You always face your enemy and move forward. And move forward. Why? Because you have Jesus Christ inside of you. Amen. And if God is calling you into a deeper place, into an intimate place of hearing his voice, then you need to stand and fight and say, God, I want it all. It's time, people. It's time for a people who will say, God, here I am. Send me. It's time that we stop living in our, in our cozy Western culture, get our face out of the television, get our face on the floor and cry out for the souls of dying humanity. It's time for someone to say this far and no further. It's time for someone to dig in and say the enemy is not getting past me because I'm standing for what is truth and what is right. And do you know what? If you submit to God, and resist the devil, he flees, not you. It's time for us to tune in. It's time to hear the sound of heaven. It's time to bring the harvest in. There are multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. And I don't know, what about, I don't know about you, but I don't want to get home at the end of the day and see the thousands that I should have reached if I would have just switched the television off and got in tune with Jesus. Amen? I want to take thousands home with me. I don't know about you, but I'm going, I'm going to do everything I can to get every soul that God has assigned for me to save, to get them walking behind me straight into heaven. Amen? And every sick body that needs to be healed to prove Jesus. Let it happen, Lord. Bring it. Bring it, Lord Jesus. Bring your church into alignment. Father, I pray right now, I pray, Lord God, that we would be the church, that we would see that we are the head and not the tail, 
that we would see that you have won the victor's crown. And if we listen to you, commune with you, follow you, then we would do what you have accomplished us to do on this earth. God, we would live it and be it. Father, bless every person in this room. And I ask you, Lord, for intimate moments where you would speak to them, where they would hear your voice, where they would rise up out of the ashes and follow you. You know, Isaiah 60, to close with, is a beautiful scripture. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, a deep darkness is over the peoples of the earth, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory shall be seen in you. You know, in the, in the Amplified Version, it says this, Arise from the depression and prostration that circumstances have held you in. Arise and be radiant. Shine. Amen. Ascend the hill of the Lord. Mount up with wings as eagles. Do you know an eagle climbs the highest point that he can climb and he doesn't fly, he doesn't flap his wings, he just surrenders to the wind and the wind takes him higher. It's time to not try so hard, but just surrender and let God take you higher, higher and higher and higher. And I said this morning, the prophetic word for our church at this moment is this, the words of a song that I heard, the ceiling that you've been trying to break through has now become the floor of a new dimension, another level, a deeper level. Let's go into that building with a new dimension. You have one week to press in and find him. This is your mission.